Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the epistle reading from Romans chapter 12, particularly verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all. It's intriguing we have this text in our reading for this 4th of July weekend. A weekend where we celebrate not living peaceably with Great Britain, the government God had ordained in the New World. But we declared our independence. We turned up the heat in our revolution. We said no more to the British way of life. We could no longer live peaceably with them. Our headlines for the last few weeks have showed us that we really haven't changed all that much throughout our nation's history. In fact, it is history that is blamed for our not being able to live peaceably. The riots around the country show that we are still divided and hostile toward one another. Historic systemic racism is blamed for all of our troubles. Racism that some want to point back to the Civil War, but they don't go back far enough to find the source of the conflict. The source of the conflict is sin. It was the fall into sin that first divided humanity into us and them. The blame game between Adam and Eve set the stage for all their children. Their sin separated Adam and Eve from God and from each other. The divide has never been repaired. Not in this world. Here it will always exist. It will always be for the slightest of differences. Gender, skin color, hair color, eye color, height, weight, age. All things we have little or no control over. Paul calls us to live peaceably because we are in Christ. In Christ, the differences have been all taken away. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, that he may create in himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. If we have been reconciled to God, if all our differences have been taken away in Christ, how can we not live How can we not live peaceably with one another? Again, the answer is sin. Although we have been reconciled with God, we are still plagued by sin. No matter how close we think we are to others, we still want to divide ourselves from some. But Paul says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You could shrink back in despair because you know it is not possible so far as it depends on you. That would be very proper, but you also must remember that you are not in this alone. We heard that line during the months of lockdown, but it wasn't a great comfort, was it? But Jesus promises, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He is with you because he is in you and you are in him. He lives this out in his life and death. He lived peaceably with everyone, even those who denied, betrayed, and handed him over to be crucified. How else could he say, Father, forgive them, while he was on the cross? He lived peaceably, so we can too. To do that, Paul encourages us, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. But in a world full of sin, how do we do that? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Jesus said, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. We don't resist those who seek evil against us. 
Look at our Old Testament reading. Joseph could have easily done evil toward the brothers who sold him into slavery, but he feared God. He knew that God had been with him the entire time he was in Egypt. So he tells his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. By so doing, Paul says, you will heap burning coals on his head. The burning coals will melt the stubborn, icy heart that seeks your destruction and harm. Even the most dreadful circumstances can lead to great blessing. Because for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. His purpose often has us confronted by evil, but we are not overcome by it. His purpose often has us confronted by evil, but we are not to be overcome by it. Just as God told Cain, Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. We rule over it. We overcome evil by doing the good works God has prepared for us to do. Paul continues to list those good works. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. The way to overcome evil with good and to continue to do good in this life is to meet people where they are. If they are rejoicing, rejoice with them. If they are weeping, weep with them. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. We heard it last week when Jesus told the Pharisees and scribes the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. When the shepherd found his lost sheep and the woman found her lost coin, they called out to their neighbors, Rejoice with me, for I have found that which was lost. They were happy and they wanted to share that happiness. You and I can be there to rejoice with those who only want to have someone to be happy with. On the other hand, Job's friends came to see him after he had lost everything. They tore their robes in mourning with him and sat in silent vigil for a week, for they saw that his affliction was terrible and very great. They were able to give him a bit of comfort in his mourning and agony, just by being there. Many times, the best present you can give someone is the gift of your presence. I've seen it often enough in my ministry. A family whose loved one is nearing the end of their earthly journey is often more comforted when I say nothing than by my words. It's simply the presence of one who understands the pain and sorrow of losing a loved one. Someone who can relate, because that is what we are called to do. Paul continues, live in harmony with one another. How do we do that? Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Last week we heard this exemplified in Jesus' ministry. He told the parables of the lost sheep, coin, and son because the scribes and Pharisees had derided him for those he choose derided him for those he chose to associate with. Instead of hanging out in the places where the religious elite hung out, Jesus chose to be where the tax collectors and sinners hung out. Not that he was condoning what they were doing, not that he was approving of their lifestyles. He was there because it was his calling. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. He told Zacchaeus the tax collector, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He didn't come to gather together the righteous and haughty. He came to pick up the lowly in their brokenness. He came to live in harmony, to live peaceably with those who need him the most. 
right before our text, St. Paul gives other examples for living peaceably and in harmony, including outdo one another in showing honor. It's part of not thinking of oneself more highly than he ought to think, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. If you think someone is more significant than you, you are going to honor them. We think of that honor we give to those who serve and have served our country in the armed forces. We consider them more significant because they are willing to lay down their lives for us. They risk life and limb in order to keep our country's freedoms intact. They do so not out of selfish ambition. They do it because they see you and I as being more significant. They protect us because they value us more than themselves. On this 4th of July weekend, we celebrate our inability to live peaceably with all by ourselves. But we also celebrate the wonderful glory that we live peaceably with Jesus, not by our work, by His work on the cross, granting peace through His death, not repaying our evil with evil, but overcoming our evil with His eternal goodness. Only through His goodness are we able to live in harmony with our neighbors, friends, strangers, and even our enemies. This is living in His peace, living in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.